We have ourselves already a new universal champion. And no, I'm not talking about the guy that just won it seven days ago. What's up? Fred Ricciani, TSC, your home for sports and gaming news updates, reviews, and everything in between. If you're new here, please consider subscribing. We're here to recap WWE Payback. That's right. One week later, another WWE pay-per-view. I don't get it, but whatever. We're here to recap it from top to bottom. Main event to the opener and holy doodle squat it was a hell of a show i thought wait a minute man this is a, a terrible idea you're coming off a of SummerSlam, which is you know maybe the second biggest pay-per-view after wrestlemania i mean this is ridiculous how are you going to bounce back how are you going to match the energy that you had this past week in WWE tv but man they sure as hell did. They brought it tonight. And there were some damn good matches, some major breaking news, and yes, some major title changes. The biggest title change of all, the one that is currently blowing up my feed right now, Roman Reigns is once again Universal Champion. And he holds the blue version of that belt for the very first time. And it happened in a... Very, very 2001 Stone Cold Steve Austin-ish way. For any fans that are old enough to remember that, back in 2001, Stone Cold Steve Austin, actually technically late 2000, but mainly 2001, he had come back from a debilitating neck injury, and in theory, a badass baby face coming back from a debilitating neck injury, a near career-ending neck injury, should stay a baby face, a good guy, but... He displayed a more aggressive tone. There were some hints at him just being a wild rattlesnake. And then we get to WrestleMania, and it was Rock versus Steve Austin, and maybe their greatest match ever, one of the best WrestleMania matches ever, where Austin beat the hell out of The Rock, and Rock kept kicking the hell out. Until finally, in this no-DQ match, he called out Vince McMahon. Vince McMahon handed him a steel chair, and with the help of his arch nemesis, Vince McMahon, Stone Cold Steve Austin became WWE champion once again. Now, there's parallels here because Roman Reigns is a guy who's a badass babyface while not coming back from a debilitating injury. Over the last year, he came back from cancer. A guy who beat cancer not once but twice. A guy who took time off, not just to get pretty new teeth, but a guy who took time off to protect himself and his family because, oh yeah, he's a two-time cancer survivor and we're in the middle of a global freaking pandemic. But WWE decides this is the time to align him with Paul Heyman. This is the time to make him a badass. This is the time for him to be the top heel. Not five years ago when fans were ready for it. Not four years ago. Not three years ago. Not even a couple years ago. Now? Now, look, I'm not complaining about the fact that we have a new Universal Champion who is more than capable of having great matches, who is an absolute badass, who's one of the best in the world, a dude who just, is just oozes charisma. I mean, he's the guy, okay? I think anything, if there's anything that's been proven during his absence is that for this particular time period, for better or worse, he is the guy. And I love Paul Heyman, and I think Paul Heyman's a great act and everything else, but if the goal is to get this man to be booed, much like 2001 Steve Austin, they're going to have a hard-ass time doing that. Because just like when Steve Austin beat The Rock on his home turf in Texas, and when he was a badass and people didn't want to boo him, 
I don't think a whole lot of people want to boo Roman Reigns. Now, granted, this is a very unique time. This is the Thunderdome, which means there's no freaking real fans in there. There's virtual fans. There's people broadcasting via Zoom. But realistically speaking, it is tough beyond a small subset of fans on Twitter and Facebook and whatever. It is tough to find a barometer for anybody, whether it's a rising star like Big E on the single side or a top guy like Roman Reigns. It is hard to gauge the feedback one way or another. I guess you gauge it by ratings to see if there's interest. And if there's interest, who cares what a person is, right? You or babyface. But just seems kind of weird. Like to me, I feel like it makes more sense for Roman Reigns to come back, win the title, do his thing as a badass babyface. And when you can bring crowds back and you need a hot angle to get crowds back in the door, besides just the novelty of being back, you know, in business, you know, I mean, that, that to me makes more sense. Have Roman Reigns turn heel around Royal Rumble time. Maybe by then, knock on wood, it's safe enough to bring some fans in at a limited capacity. And boom, there you have a draw right there. Now, that being said, Roman Reigns, whether you actually want to boo him or not, I mean, he had some swagger tonight, but he won this in quite cheap fashion. He won this in a very unique manner. So what happened was in the main event, Braun, excuse me, Braun Strowman came out. Actually, no, Bray Wyatt came out as the champion first, which I absolutely hate. I think the champion should come out last, but it made sense here. Bray Wyatt came out, made his whole fiend entrance, and Braun Strowman attacked him from behind. They brawled all over the place. Bray Wyatt had the giant mallet that looks like he bought it at the Christmas tree shop on clearance and hit Braun Strowman, which is ridiculous. And and, and they're like, oh my God. Even though Triple H used a sledgehammer all these years, but I guess he wasn't man enough to just swing it like the, like the mallet with uh, Bray Wyatt. Whatever. That was corny. And, and then there was a, a cool part in the match where Bray Wyatt hit a superplex on Braun. The ring imploded. This would have been so much better with fans, especially because of what happened next. All of a sudden... Roman Reigns comes out with Paul Heyman with the contract that he didn't technically sign on Friday Night SmackDown from Adam Pearce. He signed it as he walked into the ring, tried to pin both guys as a heel, attacked them with chairs. Finally, he speared Braun the Strowman. One, two, three. And Roman Reigns is your new WWE Universal Champion. Now, he did have the same music. He wasn't wearing a vest, but he kept his T-shirt on. This guy looks like a... Herculean Samoan God, and he keeps his t-shirt on. That I don't understand. Whatever. But he, I guess they wanted to emphasize the fact that, hey, this guy's such a douche that he didn't even remove his shirt to compete in this match. I guess that's that's the whole deal. So he pinned Braun Strowman, one, two, three, and your new universal champion of the universal world is indeed Roman freaking Reigns. And they said the Roman Reigns era has arrived. That's weird because I thought it arrived in... December 2015 when he first won the title, then March, April 2016 when he won the title again, then at SummerSlam 2016 when he won the Universal title back, or was it 17? I can't even, I can't even remember anymore. He's, he's won the title multiple times, but apparently this now, officially for real now, is the Roman Reigns era. Either way, I gotta say, I'm happy Roman Reigns is champion. I'm happy he's aligned with Paul Heyman, but me personally, taking away the analysis cap, you know what I mean? Like, like taking away the fact that I covered this closely just as a fan, I don't want to boo Roman Reigns. Bray Wyatt and Braun Strowman spent months and months cutting bad promos, engaging in a horrific feud, and having bad matches. Why would I boo a guy that has good matches? Why would I boo a guy that looks like Roman Reigns? Why would I boo a guy 
who's a badass who's saving us from the Fiend and Braun Strowman. I guess the plan seems to be, presumably, that Bray Wyatt will turn babyface, a.k.a. he'll be a good guy, and Roman Reigns will indeed be a bad guy. I can see the promo now. I'm not a good guy. I'm not a bad guy. I'm a Paul Heyman guy. So, okay. Now, I mean, hey, whatever, man. That, that works for me. Again, as an act, entertainment-wise, this looks potentially awesome. But from the standpoint of turning him heel, like, it's just dumb. I think it's just dumb. Like, only Vince McMahon could think Roman Reigns can turn heel or be a true heel after surviving cancer twice and going on hiatus to protect his family from a pandemic. I bet you in Vince's mind, it's like, well, God damn it, he turned his back on the fans. Yes, poor Roman Reigns. I mean, or, or poor fans. They were deprived of a Roman Reigns-Bray Wyatt swamp match. My God. That being said, again, you got... Look, JDB these days is like a bad sports team, all right? They're like the Cleveland Browns or like the freaking Jets or whatever team that, that's been helpless for quite a long time. You celebrate the little victories when they get past the first round of the playoffs. Let's pretend this is the first round of the playoffs. They got past that. So I will remain optimistic for now. As far as some of the other scenarios, which we'll go over, uh, you know, some I wasn't a fan of, some I was. We'll see what happens. But there was some good stuff overall here. But, of course, the big news we're talking about is obviously Roman Reigns, your new Universal Champion. Now, we opened the show with the, the kickoff where Ruby Riot and Liv Morgan beat the Iconics. The Riot Squad is officially reformed, albeit without Sarah Logan, who was released and is now pregnant. Congrats to her and her hubby. And, yeah, there was a little bit of dissension teased, but I guess the Riot Squad is going to be intact for now, so we'll see what happens. By the way, if you're a fan of TSC and you want to rock some merch this summer heading into the fall, visit our website, prowrestlingtees.com slash TSC News for brand new t-shirts like the one you're seeing right here if you're watching on YouTube and Facebook. You can also check out links on fredrichani.com, my website. Just want to throw that out there. And if you're watching this live, please take a millisecond to like this video and share this with all your friends. It really does help our cause. On the main card... We opened up with Bobby Lashley versus Apollo Crews. This was a, a pretty good opener. Bobby Lashley won with the full Nelson. Now, I may have missed this, but if I recall correctly, Apollo Crews recently won a match that barred the Hurt Business's MVP and Shelton Benjamin away from ringside. Yet, they were at ringside. Did I miss something? If somebody wants to update me in the live comments... Be my guest, because I, I I don't recall them reneging that stipulation. I don't know. Maybe they did. Maybe they maybe they struck it from history. Like, nope, that never happened. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe they did another take. But either way, Bob Bobby Lashley, one of my favorite wrestlers to watch, a former TSC News guest, won the United States title. I think he should have won the world title personally. Maybe he still will, but hey, a title's a title. I uh, like this. Apollo Cruz afterwards, he Went to attack the Hurt Business like a sore loser, and then he got ran out. So is he a heel now? Or is it, That confuses me. I don't know. That, that, that really confuses me. Although, by the way, real life-wise, shout out to Apollo Crews for recovering from COVID-19 and still having good matches and doing his thing, looking great. I'm really happy that he's had success this, this year despite all the stuff he's been through and everything that's gone on with people in the company and everything else. Hopefully he'll stay on track because he is a, a great young talent. We had a really good match. Big E versus Sheamus. A little polarizing 
They're a little polarizing. It went longer than I think most people, including myself, expected. But I thought this was a really good match. Sheamus, great worker. Biggie, great worker. These guys bust each other's asses. I thought Corey Graves and Michael Cole, for all the criticism they get, and believe me, I got a lot of criticism for them sometimes, they did a great job laying out this match, talking about how Biggie held the IC title in the past, the NXT title in the past, but when you think of him, you don't think of him as a great singles champion. And I was really surprised Corey Graves said the same thing about Sheamus, who's a four-time world champion and has had a very accomplished career himself. But it made for a good narrative. They went back and forth. Sheamus spent a long time uh, working on the leg, had a great reversal for a heel hook, which was awesome. He had the Texas Cloverleaf at, at one point, but Big E ended up getting the win with the big ending. Awesome match. If you're predisposed to not liking Sheamus, uh, maybe don't watch this. But if you're somebody with an open mind or you want to, you feel like keeping an open mind, you just want to watch a, a good wrestling match, this is one for you. I really did enjoy this match. And Big E got the job done here. He cut not one but two great promos on Talking Smack over the last week or so, which really kind of highlighted whether work or shoot, kind of like what's really going on in the real world, right? Like black people are, are telling other people, hey, man, there's advantages y'all have that we don't have just based on the color of your skin. And, he, and he's trying to cut this promo while also putting over Kofi, while also putting over a singles run, while Miz is just saying, oh, well, if you work hard, you could achieve anything. And, I mean, the parallels are, are, are crazy. And I don't know if that's the direction they planned on going when they initially did that Talking Smack episode followed by the sequel, which was a little more cordial. But either way, Biggie showed out on the mic. He was absolutely fantastic. And just from a real-life perspective, I mean, that cut deep for a whole lot of people. And I wish the guy the best. I hope they keep him on track because he's an absolute stud. For anybody that's been following me, listening to my podcast for years and years, you know I've been high on Biggie from day one. And this is a guy that, quite frankly, could have been their next John Cena seven years ago. Seriously, no exaggeration. I know it's cute to say, oh, I predicted this. No, stop it, all right? But seven years ago, when this guy was really coming up, winning the IC title, even backing up Dolph Ziggler, like he had something. He was good right out of the gate after NXT, which you couldn't say that for a lot of people coming out of FCW and NXT after only a couple years in the business. But man, Biggie's a stud, and I really hope he continues to do his thing, barring injury, barring politics, barring anything else, because he's awesome, and obviously he's very socially conscious and. I think he's a guy you definitely want as your, the face of your company or, or one of the faces of your company. But, hey, Seamus did a great job here, too. Backstage, we had a new interviewer named Elise Ashton interviewing Matt Riddle. She seemed fine. You know, she was per perfectly okay. Sounded like she was just reading from a script or a, a teleprompter very robotically. Okay, cool. Guess they got to replace Renee Young. Whatever. I interviewed Matt Riddle. <laughs> She asked Matt Riddle for a reaction to a tweet from Corbin. He said that that, Cor that Riddle Corbin said that Riddle is a failure in the ring, like he is a failure at home. So the gimmick that Matt Riddle has now is he's a stoner. That's a terrible husband. Now this is kind of funny, but not really funny because in real life he was accused of sexually assaulting a woman he used to see named Candy Cart. Well, her ring name is Candy Cartwright. A couple of years ago. Now, full disclosure, those are only allegations. There's been a lot of he said, she said, she said, easy for me to say. He came out with a public statement followed by a lawyer statement. She came back with another statement. We don't know. The only thing we know is that these two obviously didn't end well. This was an extramarital affair. And, well, I believe they stayed dating a year after the fact that that happened. And 
Look, I don't know what's the truth one way or another. All I know is it obviously made the company look bad. It made Matt Riddle look bad. His family look bad. And uh, quite ironic that they're bringing this into this storyline here because if you don't know, they just brought back Velveteen Dream on NXT despite the fact that he has major allegations against them of being a predator, a child predator. And there's actual screenshots that, in theory, would at least lead you to believe that, man, this guy's DMing people he shouldn't be. On the flip side, I believe Austin Theory, remember that bum from Seth Rollins' group, came back on NXT as well. And he was accused of sending snaps, solicit snaps, to a 13-year-old. At the very least, acquiring the Snapchat of a 13-year-old. Yeah. And he was brought back. Okay. Maybe WWE has some in-depth FBI department that I didn't know about, but... You know, I, I guess Deddy B really wants to uh, be, have a real sports presentation. In real sports like the NFL, they covered his crap up. So I guess Deddy B's like, hey, if NFL can do that, we can too. I don't know. I don't know. Not 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 a good time, not a good place. But in the case of Riddle, you know, it's a little it's a little more ambiguous, but just uh very, very in general, it's just weird. Like you bring back Velveteen Dream one week, next week you bring back Austin Theory, and then this week you have Matt Riddle's real life issues brought to the forefront. Kind of weird and, and tasteless and, I don't know, could bite them in the ass. But then again, it ain't my company. Matt Riddle defeated Baron Corbin. Perfectly fine match. King Corbin, nothing wrong with the guy. Good look and everything. But he's just, he is boringly proficient in an era of good to great workers all throughout the business. And afterwards, I was like, okay, cool. Matt Riddle won. Did his thing. Got the job done. Hit the floating bro for the win. Actually, he hit the, the bro to sleep and then the floating bro. And backstage, he was interviewed. He was, uh, he was saying he's going to move on to better things. And Corbin attacks him, destroys him. And all I could think is, this is literally every Baron Corbin feud. He feuds at Chad Gable. He feuds at Matt Riddle. He feuds at Roman Reigns. He feuds at whomever. He gets beaten. And then he beats their ass after the match. And the feud never ends. And the babyface never, ever gets over. So... Good luck, Matt Riddle, because uh, you're going to have an, uh, a fun few months with, with Mr. Corbin and the never-ending feud. We had a really cool finish in this next match, a pretty good match. Very surprising finish, too. Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax defeated Sasha Banks and Bailey to win the WWE Women's Tag Team Championship. I don't know if I would have had the Golden Role Models lose this soon, but man, what a finish. This was freaking awesome. The finish came when... Baszler, she she locked in a Muda lock on Banks, hit, locked in the Kirifuda clutch on Bailey at the same time, and Banks tried to break the hold, but instead Shayna took Sasha's arm, wrapped it around Bailey's neck, and forced Bailey to tap out. That was awesome. Now that is how you get over a badass with a real badass background. I love this. I'm not really feeling the team of Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler, but. This was a great consolation prize for any Baszler fans that wanted to see her kill it at WrestleMania. And unfortunately, of course, she was on the losing end against uh, Becky Lynch, who ended up going on maternity leave. We had Keith Lee versus Randy Orton. A surprisingly short match. This was... This was wild. So Keith Lee got to show uh, some of his stuff. He did a leapfrog. He had a, a crossbody block. He, he bounced around Randy Orton. 
And then Orton attempted an RKO later in the match. You know, they were going back and forth a little bit. You know, again, I felt like this match was in first gear, maybe starting to go into second gear. Orton goes for an RKO. Lee hit the spirit bomb practically out of nowhere. One, two, three. No Drew McIntyre interference, who allegedly has a hairline fracture or something from the three punts that missed them by a mile. (laughs) And Keith Lee is the winner. That's right. Keith Lee just pinned Randy Orton clean. Now, I want to note something that WWE Productions done that I have liked a lot over the last 24 hours, or really the last few hours of payback. What I really liked, after Sheamus lost his match to Big E, after Randy Orton lost his match to Keith Lee, they got a close-up of the losers of the match. They got a close-up of Sheamus just sitting against the apron as Big E is, is all hyped after winning the match, and it shows the agony of defeat. Nothing says wins or losses matter more than showing the jubilation and victory and the agony of defeat. For years and years, WWE booking has been terrible at making wins and losses matter. In fact, if you ask people in the back, they'd probably say, oh, wins and losses don't matter. No, they do matter. They do matter. I know Chris Jericho said in the past, wins and losses don't matter. No, they do. Even for Chris Jericho to an extent, even for people at the level of Roman Reigns, at some point, you got to win some matches. You got to have some consistency. And I just love that little detail where Sheamus just busted his ass, did everything he could. Biggie came out on top and he seemed just up close, just like, son of a bitch, you got me. Like that nice little detail. I don't know if everybody knows that, but a nice little detail that I noticed that I think makes a huge difference. Hopefully, they'll continue that. We then had Killer Braxton interview Paul Heyman. She asked if Roman Reigns signed the contract. Heyman promised that Reigns will sign it, and then he will win the Universal title because that's not a guarantee. That's not a guarantee. That's a spoiler. We then had Rey Mysterio and Dominic defeat Seth Rollins and Murphy. Really, really good match. I like this a whole lot. We had Rey hit the six one nine on Murphy with Dominic hitting the frog splash for the win. Uh, Murphy, the finish came when Murphy accidentally hit Rollins. Then he got tagged with the 619. And then Dominic hit the frog splash for the win. Really good stuff. And on Raw, 24 hours later, it's going to be Ray versus Seth Rollins. Hopefully, Ray finally, finally can officially vanquish Seth Rollins. This feud has been dragged straight to hell. But man, really good finish here. Really nice match. I wish we got this moment at SummerSlam. It's still wacky that Rey Mysterio's eyeball magically recovered. It's like a freaking... Dragon Ball or something, you know, like the, the seven Dragon Balls. Goku dies, he's brought back to life. Whatever. Hey, I'm happy Rey Mysterio's, I guess, resigned with the company. And I'm happy that Dominic is looking great so far. So hopefully he also stays on track. And then, as I mentioned, no holds barred triple threat match. I thought all triple threat matches were no holds barred. Whatever. And, uh, yeah, it was the Fiend, Bray, the Fiend, Bray Wyatt, Braun Strowman, Roman Reigns. And as I mentioned, Braun Strowman attacked Bray before the bell. Match got started without Reigns. Superplex spot. Ring imploded. Reigns ran amok. Destroyed them both. Hit the spear on Braun Strowman. One, two, three. Which leaves the door open for a Fiend versus Roman Reigns singles title match. I guess four weeks from now at Clash of Champions. And I believe after that is Hell in a Cell. And then, of course, Survivor Series. So, overall, I got to say from top to bottom, a Pretty damn good show. I wouldn't say there was any match that was really bad. You know, I mean, the women's ma- the women's tag match was decent. You know, it was, it was a pre-show match. 
The opener with the Lashley and, and Cruz is pretty good. Had a title change. Biggie and Sheamus, I thought, was the sleeper match of the night and maybe one of the sleeper matches of 2020. I really liked it. Maybe I liked it too much. I really liked it. Matt Riddle and Corbin, just a match, but whatever. That was probably the only match that was pointless given the fact that Corbin attacked him afterwards. Uh, women's tag match was was fine, and the, the finish was awesome. Just awesome. Keith Lee and Randy Orton, not a great match, but great finish to establish the guy if you protect him. A reminder that 2015, Kevin Owens beat John Cena clean in the middle of the ring. Two weeks later, he lost to John Cena. A few weeks later, he lost to John Cena again. And it wasn't until maybe a little over a year later when he won the Universal title with the help of Triple H, that was never explained, uh, that he got close to the main event level again. So hopefully Mr. Keith doesn't have the same pathway as Kevin Owens. Now, if he ends up as big of a star as Kevin Owens on the main roster, that's a pretty damn good career on the main roster. But I'm just saying, trajectory-wise, he just beat Randy Orton. Keep him at a high level. Here's the problem, though. Where do you go from here after he beats Randy? Do you do Drew McIntyre versus Keith Lee? Do you do a triple threat match? After that, where does he go? You know, there's a lot to be said for building a guy up the right way, the traditional way. You don't always want to go boom, boom, boom. It's fine when a guy comes in, guns a-blazing. But the problem is, WWE's done the guns a-blazing thing for a lot of people, and then all of a sudden, they lose steam. So let's hope that's not the case with Keith Lee. The Mysterio tag match was really good. And the triple threat match, I mean, I don't, can't even call it really a match. It was it was a great spectacle for what it is. And Bray Wyatt, Braun Strowman, I know have criticized their matches, and rightfully so. I mean, they really busted their asses here and, and tried to make something happen before Roman Reigns came out. I, I'd say, you know, if I could describe it as a recent history DDB match, it was like, hmm, it was like a rich man's, it was a rich man's Vladimir Kozlov versus Triple H versus Edge match at Survivor Series 2008, where Jeff Hardy was taken out of the match and it was just Kozlov and Triple H, and people were waiting for either Hardy or somebody else to come out, and instead it was Edge, and then he ended up winning the title. So kind of like that, but definitely more entertaining. No offense to the great Vladimir Kozlov. So yeah, overall, I, shockingly, I gotta give Deddy B a thumbs up here. I thought they did actually a pretty good job. So. Let's go to some of the feedback because I know a lot of you have some questions and have a lot to get off your chest. So let's go for it. Daniel Trill. So what was the point of giving Bray the title for one week? I don't know. It made no sense to me. Uh, Bray goes down officially as a three-time world champion. Maybe just the unpre- perhaps just the unpredictability factor. If Braun Strowman wins, you expect something maybe to happen. But if Bray wins, you expect Bray to just go on his merry fiendish way. Jeremy Bauer says, Keith Lee winning the WWE title and Big E winning the Universal title at WrestleMania. That would be excellent. I would love that very much. I would love that. A J and VA, it did what it needed to do to make Roman use heel tactics to win the belt until WWE finds a babyface that will take him at WrestleMania. Yeah, I agree. I just think it's, again, it's just an awkward time for anybody to actually want to boo Roman Reigns if you really think about it. But, nah, it makes sense. From that standpoint, it makes sense. If this was... Normal circumstances, no pandemic fans. I'd say, yeah, makes sense. But during this time, it's a little weird. But again, not going to try to complain too much because I am happy Roman Reigns is back. And no offense to Bray and Braun, we need a champion that can have some great matches. And that's Roman Reigns. In the future, if someone asks who won the feud of Bray Wyatt and Braun Strowman, the correct answer will be Roman Reigns. I agree. 
Mr. Loki, the fiend is buried. Dude, uh, as I've said many times before, the fiend got buried when he wrestled Seth Rollins in Hell in a Cell, and they had a horrific match through no fault of their own that ended up being a no contest. So, you know, people were complaining about Goldberg beating him, and I understood the logic at the time. Like, you want to do a big Goldberg-Roman Reigns match. I didn't really have a problem with it, maybe because I grew up a Goldberg fan. Uh, but, you know, by, by that point when he lost to Goldberg, man, he was he was already done, I think. I think he was already kind of done by then. But, yeah, he has rebounded a bit. But, but look, if Bray Wyatt's one of your top merch sellers, he, whether he's a heel baby face, shades of gray, I, I think I think that's a problem. I think you really do need a real top baby face. And, yeah, ho- hopefully it could be Big E. I, re- I really do think Big E could be that guy. And especially with the times we're living in now, I mean, he's, you know, we, I mean, this guy can cut a hell of a promo. And he's very active in social justice. And he's a guy that's just could be a great face for the company. But then again, I said the same thing about Mustafa Ali. I mean, you would who wouldn't want an ambassador like Mustafa Ali, man, who just is is all about equality and empathy and is also a great wrestler. And now he's hanging around main event. Wrestling guys like Riddick Moss. I don't think Big E will have that happen to him. Because Biggie's a bigger guy, no pun intended. He's also been with the company longer. He's got more cachet as a guy from the New Day, a very popular stable, one of the most popular stables in recent memory. Whereas Mustafa Ali still is kind of, I feel like, looked at as a 205 Live guy, even though he's been on the main roster for a couple years now. But yeah, I mean, worst case scenario would be a, a Mustafa Ali situation. Let's, let's hope that doesn't happen. But yeah, I think, I think Biggie would be an a, a excellent, excellent choice. We'll see. I hope they don't turn the Fiend into just another wrestler on the roster. I don't either, but I hope they tweak him a little bit. I mean, this the the, the whole wackiness of the Firefly Funhouse. It's it, it's Vince McMahon's weird perversions come to life. I don't know. It's a little, a little too creepy and weird for me, but that's just me. Uh, heel reigns as champion. Heyman as his manager. Low blows. Heel tactics. Yeah, that's effing money. Smart idea. Genius. We need Seth versus Murphy with Murphy winning, sending Seth home to Becky. Oh, yeah, because they did tease dissension between Seth Rollins and, and Buddy Murphy. Not going to lie, I'm not a huge Murphy guy. I don't think he's a bad worker at all. I don't think there's anything wrong with him. I'd throw, You know what I mean? He's a really good worker, but I just, I don't know. I just, I, I, well, I look at guys like Ricochet that are doing absolutely nothing with. I look at a guy like Alistair Black that's sort of rudderless now, even though he, he did, I guess, turn heel against Kevin Owens. I look at Kevin Owens, who should be even bigger than he is after beating Rollins at Mania. I look at Sami Zayn, who just came back. You know, I look at Cesaro, who could still be a great single star, and I'm like, is Buddy Murphy really better than any of those guys? No offense to him. He's good. He's really good. But the roster is stacked with talent in all three brands. And, you know, I don't know if I, like, if I had a choice of pushing, like, Ricochet or Buddy Murphy, I'd probably pick Ricochet nine times out of ten, to be honest with you. But for the current storyline they're in, yeah, sure, why not? It would make sense. I'm just not sure where you would go from there. Uh, Roman Reigns' character has turned into the very thing he used to be against, similar to Brian during his heel run, and I love it. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Okay, the Raw Tag Team Division needs to be built. I agree. I have no idea what the hell they're doing with it. I, I don't know what the hell they're doing with it, other than, you know, I mean, they're, I mean, they're obviously clueless booking most Latino wrestlers not named. They're, they're clueless on booking Hispanic Latino wrestlers not named Mysterio. They really are. Uh, I mean, how how is Angel Garza not a champion right now? How's Andrade not a champion right now? Makes no sense to me. Nothing against the Street Profits. They're really good. But, I mean, it, I felt like it was time for them to win the titles, and they just didn't. That made no, that made no sense to me. But then again, you know, 
a lot of WWE stuff doesn't make sense to me. What do you think about the AEW All Out pay per view coming up next weekend? Ooh, I like. It looks good on paper. It, lo- it looks really good on paper. I-, I think FTR and the tag title match will be really good. Let me actually pull up the card real quick for you guys right here, so we can go over it. By the way, I will be doing a recap of AEW All Out, which I guess is this. Wow, yeah, this Saturday. So there we go. We got another recap coming up. So card is John Moxley versus MJF. I think it will be a, a pretty good match. I think Moxley should win. I don't think MJF is ready, although he's 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 definitely good on the mic and he's a good worker. Chris Jericho, Orange Cassidy, a Mimosa Mayhem match. As you know, I, I don't really care for this feud. I don't really care who wins. I guess if Mike Tyson interferes or something, it, it helps you know, hype his pay-per-view fight with Roy Jones Jr. So I guess I predict Mike Tyson interferes. Cassidy gets the win. Whatever. Um, Adam Page and Kenny Omega versus FTR, that being the former revival for the AW World Tag Titles. I think that'll be an excellent match as long as they don't do some stupid interference with the Young Bucks. If they have just a straight-up wrestling match, hell of an encounter. Uh, Hikaru Shida's taking on the NWA Women's World Champion Thunder Rosa for the AEW title. That should be a great match if they do give it the time, but it is kind of weird they're just kind of thrusting Thunder Rosa in here, and, and it really kind of just shows you the lack of depth in their women's division. But, hey, they, you know, they had a year to sign some people, but I guess Deddy B did kind of sign a lot of the good women. Uh, Darby Allen versus Lance Archer versus Brian Cage versus Ricky Starks versus Pentagon versus Ray Phoenix versus Butcher and Blade versus Eddie Kingston in a 21-man casino battle royale for a future AW World title match. I'm not a fan of these battle royals. Didn't they do this for double or nothing? I don't know why they're doing it now. Or I guess they did like the, the ladder match for the giant poker chip. Who knows? I, I don't know. Who would you who would you give it to? I like Ricky Starks a lot. I guess, I guess it depends who wins. I don't know. I like Eddie Kingston. Maybe do Eddie Kingston and John Moxley. Why not? New York's own Eddie Kingston. And then you have an eight-man tag. Uh, Dark Order taking on Matt Cardona, the former Zack Ryder, Scorpio Sky, and Dustin Rhodes and QT Marshall. Um, I don't know. I guess Dark Order will stay winning. So, yeah, I mean, on, on paper, it looks like a pretty good show. I mean, look, I haven't been a huge fan of what AEW's been doing lately. Uh, I think they've had some really good stuff. I've all, I also think there's been a little too much silliness for my liking. And I just feel like in general with American wrestling, WWE has lowered the bar so freaking much that it's like if somebody does something remotely decent, it's like, oh, my God, it's so much better in WWE. Now, I do think AEW still does a good job with protecting their titles, with honoring history, with you know, making the older guys on their roster mean something as far as like, you know, Dustin Rhodes and Tully Blanchard and Arn Anderson. I mean, those are great minds and, you know, great workers in their day. And in the case of Dustin, he's still a great worker, but I, I don't know. I, I think they do need to kind of shift more once again towards that youth movement. And uh, I don't know. I saw, I saw, I didn't watch Dynamite except for a clip where I guess Adam Page is kicked out of the elite and the Young Bucks proceeded to do the work. I, I mean, I like the Young Bucks, by the way. I'm not hating on them. I, I know it's Cool to hate on him, but they did the worst acting job I've ever seen in my life, or one of the worst, where it's like, you're out of the elite. So naturally, then I went to watch uh, SmackDown, and it was kind of wacky, but hey, Roman Reigns, Paul Heyman, I'm intrigued, so uh, we'll, we'll see what, we'll see what happens here. I mean, look, AEW's still doing pretty good for their level, you know, in terms of ratings, and they almost always have great pay-per-views, so I expect this one to be great, whether it translates to the TV show. I don't know, but look, at least they're trying. The former Luke Harper, a.k.a. Brody Lee, new TNT champion, destroyed Cody. You got you know, FTR, who looks poised to win the tag team titles. 
John Moxley, who was doing tasteless angles with Seth Rollins a year and a half ago, is a credible world champion, although I think he should wear some gear instead of the camo pants. So I dig it. We'll see what we'll see what happens here, folks. But let's go to some more questions. What do you think will happen with Hell in a Cell? I guess it's probably going to be Fiend and Roman Reigns. Do you predict WWE will go to Saudi Arabia this year? I, I can't see it happening. I can't. We don't know how bad the pandemic is going to be uh, in the fall. It's already really bad. It's ridiculous because we could easily get it. I don't say easily, but we could get it under control if we had a unified front. And it doesn't look like it's going to happen, at least till after the election. So, you know, as far as traveling, I mean, look, there's always exceptions made. Vince obviously has close ties to the presidency, uh, but I've, you know, I don't know, maybe, I mean, I mean, I mean, I say that and then I think about how the UFC went to Abu Dhabi and they did several shows there, but they had a bubble and they had stringent testing. Now I'm assuming Saudi Arabia would force that to be whether Vince McMahon's ignorant or not to have stringent testing. So if they have stringent testing, I think it could work, but if I'm WWE and just Look, it's it's worth it for Davey to fly out there if the payoffs are big and everything else, I guess, if you could do it safely. Um, you know, obviously political issues aside there that people have, and rightfully so. I don't know. But if I'm going all the way there with the health risks, like you might as well film like two weeks worth of TV or you know, do Crown Jewel or whatever the hell the pay-per-view is. Uh, you know, do a raw, do a SmackDown, do an NXT. Like just do everything all in in Saudi. Or at least, you know what? Do Raw and SmackDown in Saudi. You can keep the NXT guys in NXT in Orlando just to be safe in case there's any quote unquote travel issues again. Uh, but I don't, I don't, I guess I don't see it. And look, Diddy, you could always use more money, but Diddy's made so much money this year, which is ridiculous despite being a pandemic, that uh, I, don't, I don't think they necessarily need the money. But then again, they never needed the money to begin with with Saudi Arabia. They just needed it to artificially, or, or I guess officially, you know, boost their stock price. I would pay big money for MJF and Big E. That'd be legit, man. Who knows? Look, sky's the limit for MJF. He just needs some time. Anyway, everybody, I hope you enjoyed this recap. If you did, please like, share. Don't forget to subscribe on YouTube. Like us on Facebook. If you'd like to subscribe to our podcast, just check out the TSC News Podcast wherever you get your podcast. You can also check out our merch site, prowrestlingtees.com slash TSC News. That's prowrestlingtees.com slash TSC News. Until then, I hope y'all stay safe. I hope y'all stay sound. Thank you so much for the support. Black lives matter. Equality matters. I love you all. Please, please, please stay focused. Stay upbeat. Stay doing your thing. This year is tough, but we will all get through it. I appreciate you all so much. Until next time, everybody, as always, enjoy the games. Congratulations, Roman Reigns. Facebook, thanks so much.